so as much as I enjoyed the idea of having those little uh like towers for uh planting like strawberries and lettuce and vertical mm-hmm. just the vertical gardening side of things um we got the ones from Dollar Tree because everybody's always like, yeah, you can get those things for cheap instead of buying the really expensive ones on Amazon. Yeah, we can't do that here because I set them all up this past weekend and then we had one little rainstorm and you know, every time we have a rainstorm, there's a little bit of wind and yeah. it just knocked it right over. I'm glad I only set up one because I'd be a lot more upset if I set both of them up. Okay. So, but it and just, yeah. Can indoor them? Like no, strawberries don't, they need that sunlight. It, otherwise they won't be as... Uh, yeah productive and strawberry plants are already so hard to get to be productive you need to actually they need like direct sunlight they can't have like shaded sunlight because i'm just thinking that the fact that the like the guest room window where you're growing everything right now if i was gonna grow them in inside then i couldn't grow them in that because then i'd have to be like turning them every single day mm. so it's just it, it's just or we have to make my dream happen well that's still not it's still not logical because then yeah. i have to raise it up taller and it just Growing it in a window is not logical. I'd have to grow them in a greenhouse if okay. I was doing that. They need the that full spectrum of sunlight. Yeah. So it's just, and it's not anywhere near enough keeping them inside the whole, a whole half of the day they'd be out of the sun. Okay. So, no, it's, it sucks. It's really irritating because mm-hmm. it's like, I want to do strawberries and it was just the world was like, yeah, no, the original idea that you had that's more expensive Either that one or the other one that's more expensive. If you want to grow strawberries, that's it. It's like I can try to get them to be. What about like having the towers like, you know, instead of eight high being like four high and something along those lines or even putting, you know, rocks or something heavier into them. I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, and try I, it's okay. not the issue isn't how tall it is. The mm-hmm. issue is how light it is. Okay. Because if I make them shorter, I still have to bring them off of the ground. Because the whole point is that they're supposed to be off the ground because the ants find them. Okay. And so it's just, no matter what, it just feels like really irritating. The only other thing that I can think of is getting, like, trying to build some kind of thing where, because I can drill through the center of them Mm -hmm. and create something that's grounded, sticking through the center of it so that they don't move and so it's just like i could do that but it's still just irritating because then the plate that they're sitting on i couldn't have that in the center unless we also drilled through that so it's just no matter what it's just work (laughs) it's more money and irritating Mm because i have to go through and fix it all i have to go dig through all the fucking dirt that's now spilled out of them to go find all the sets well if you i'll tell you this if you figure out the size that i can have in the center i'll either look for i'll i'll put like pvc or dowel or pipe or whatever and i'll put it through there and then i'll Get a base plate that it can go on and go through, and I'll lag bolt it and secure it that way. We can try that. Then it would have to take the whole thing down, but then if we wanted to, we could also cross brace it so that it would go across from one tower to the other tower, and you'd have two separate towers and lift them up by the pipe itself, so maybe make a stand that way or something that we could even consider maybe even going the opposite direction if they're so light seeing what we can do on the hanging side of it and hanging it off the pergola that we're building. Yeah, well, if I'm going to hang them, I would just do the other hanging planters that I have them in. Okay. The whole point was that this is more efficient. If I try to hang all of those, that's just, it's too many, and it would just look really fucking weird. I'd rather put them in regular hanging baskets. 
but okay you lost me on the whole talking about it <laughs> I, I need diagrams i'm a visual learner no that's fine <laughs> but that's fine i'm but yeah, and, no, I, so and i like to just build things fluid which is what i'm doing with your pergola right now anyways mm-hmm. so and when this rain decides to stop i can go back out there and keep working on it mm-hmm. didn't say finish it just keep working on it because you know it's me yes so, <laughs> so <laughs> but no it's the same thing for me i have to go back out there and finish staining the last uh last of the beds and then i still we still have to get more wood for the other ones and build more of them and everything mm-hmm. so it's just it's a lot i thought i would enjoy staining it more than i than i am <laughs> but i don't want to leave it up to anybody else to doing it because i just uh, the attention to detail that it has to be on it because i go through it once and then i still have to go back around and check and i'll still have missed spots myself and i'm i just i don't like i, I don't know i don't like handing over authority on things like that no, because I, if it gets I, fucked up i understand <laughs> there's a word for that control freak but no because <laughs> if it gets fucked up it's just i keep having it get proven to me that if i don't do it something goes wrong but they're not going to get better at it if you don't have them do it in the first place and it's not going to solve the issue and the problem in the first place so you might as well just have them do it and stink at it and get better at it you know at some point they're gonna have to learn and be able to do it and maybe they do it and you come back and do the touch-ups you know, it's still less work than you staining everything. And I know you were like, oh, no, this don't have enough stain. And I was like, OK, and went and got it. And you weren't really excited about the fact that I got you more stain, <laughs> which was a.k.a. Oh, you gave me one less excuse to not do this work. Part of it, because you don't have to stain them. Right. Because they're pressure treated pickets. But staining them helps them a little bit better and they look a lot better. So because otherwise they look they're green. <laughs> yeah. So. But but that's it right there. So I'm just saying they're going to have to they're going to have to learn. They're not going to get better at something by not doing it. That's all. And with that, welcome to the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. So today is unpopular opinions and things that should be illegal, but aren't. Mm -hmm. Okay, that works for me. So we're going to start with uh, probably mostly unpopular opinions today. Right. Yeah, I have one. I have um, a bunch. Yeah, I'll let you go, and I'll just just tell me where somewhere I can jump in there. Okay. <laughs> well, I have. So what I did this time, instead of uh, trying to come up with a bunch of my own, mm-hmm. and you know, not being able to dig into my brain deep enough to figure out things that I constantly say, I I took some from um, Reddit from our slash unpopular opinions, um, so that I could either find some that i think are like outrageous and kind of weird or whatever but i have i have this one that i am like curious because i've never had to deal with this before obviously and i feel like you'll have with your sensitive nose but also love for food okay i'm curious to know which side you actually do fall on and so this one is the unspoken rule of not reheating your fish or seafood in the microwave office in the office microwave is silly People huh. eat fish. Nobody should have to adjust their dietary preferences just because, ew, it's smelly. Should they eat it cold just for your comfort? I realize smells linger in the microwave. That goes for many other foods. Simple solution is that is to ensure t- you leave the door ajar to allow it to air out. So I get to answer this one? Yeah, if you agree Sh- with up. it or not. No, I, shut up. <laughs> so no, I don't agree with that. No, you know what? No. Fish, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, microwaves are a bane in offices, and y- you can say whatever you want about them. Most offices, they're the worst seating you can have is near the lunchroom in an office, okay? <laughs> because I will tell you as somebody coming from a diverse, you know, company, mm-hmm. that being in the center of the center 
right? Uh-huh. At Apple. And somebody would cook fish or somebody would cook heavy Indian food, Mexican food, things that you look. I like fish. Mm-hmm. I, I like Indian food. I like Mexican food. But you know what I don't like? I don't like the combination of all of them from whatever your aunt made <laughs> that has been sitting there and suddenly is being nuked over nuked most of the time. Right. Because people I got to get that center hot. So they make yeah. the outside just and and it permeates along with the, the ingredients of everything else. And you know what? It's amazing to me that somebody could have an opinion that this that it would be an unpopular opinion to to that mentality, because here we talk about self-entitled and watching after the you know, everybody's about the the hey, looking out for the feelings of everybody else. How about looking out for the nausea of everybody else? (laughs) Because it's just like when we go to people's houses and you've seen it when people bring food over. Mm -hmm. Right. They want me to taste it and tell them how it tastes. Why? No, you don't. <laughs> Why? Right. I, I can just go back to that cheese log, that mm-hmm. Christmas cheese log. Right. Oh, you got to try it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just doing all this other stuff. Haven't tried it yet. Yes, I did. It was disgusting. It was a horrible. <laughs> what in the? And it's a thing, you know, type mm-hmm. type situation. Same thing. I don't want to smell your fish. I don't want to smell your anything. You know, I don't I don't want to smell your frozen pizza. I don't want to smell your leftover anything. I don't want to smell any of that from a microwave. I don't think microwaves have a place in and and you know what? Hey, I'll even go one step further. I don't even blame the employees for it. I blame I blame the employers. Okay? Because I'll tell you this that when I had SIA, that microwave, the, the our little lunch break room area, mm-hmm. okay, was away from everybody. It was on the other side of the print shop so that we didn't have to smell it. You know, because I had a diverse hiring of people. And so there'd be food that would come in. And man, Ethiopian food reheated was not a pleasant smell for me. And it was like I'd walk in and walk right back out because, yeah, I have a sensitive nose. And it's like, you know, we care about what people think. You know, we don't wear things because we don't want to appropriate. We do all this stuff for sensitivity of people. But the the thought that, well, you should have to smell my 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 frozen bad fish that I had last night and didn't portion control it to eat it right. No, Karen, I should not have to smell that garbage that you used and Cheez-Its are not breading for fish. Okay. So no, nope. Nope. So definitely an unpopular opinion because you disagree so heavily. (laughs) No, I can you tell. So, so there's that one. I get, I don't have an opinion on it because I've never had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I've also never reheated fish before. So, so you never had that as spirit? Nobody, there was no microwave or anything in the back? Where there people... was no break room. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, we didn't have that. Everybody took their breaks outside and their cars were on the front, you know, area. Mm-hmm. It was irritating. But anyways, <laughs> so um, this one I know you'll have an extremely strong opinion about. <laughs> Because um, my last one wasn't. Oh, but this one's going to be worse. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll agree with it. Okay. Um, and it's one of those that, like, people will, uh, people, it'll be one of those that people will think, like, oh, that can't be a, an unpopular opinion, a popular opinion, but it happens more often than people think it does. Okay. So it's kicking your kid out as soon as they turn 18 is abusive. I keep seeing videos and posts of parents who do this and justify it. And no, I'm not talking about the kids who are psychopaths or sadists or whatever. I've never once heard any good parent explain with good reasoning why they kick their kid out of the house as soon as they're legally able to. They always default to the same excuse of, well, I don't have to take care of them anymore. Sorry, but being a parent doesn't just stop at 18. When you have a child and choose to raise it, then you're going to be their parents for life. Mm -hmm. That includes making sure that they are given a good start into adulthood by allowing them to gain life experience first, which means letting them live with you until they're comfortable being on their own. 
their own. I have never, ever understood how any self-proclaimed good mother or good father can be excited to throw their child on the streets without a second thought as soon as they can. You're setting your kid up for failure. It's abusive, and you shouldn't have had children if you didn't want to put in the work of having one. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's your opinion first? Well, I agree. And it is it is unpopular because there mm-hmm. are constantly so many things online of people talking about that. Like, it's, it's literally different when you have... You know, like, cause like there's, there's situations that, that do justify that's the only thing I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, you can't, you do, there's, there's no justifications. There are justifications yeah, and sure. not just because they're a psychopath or a sadist, like there are legitimate justifications. If you give your child rules and now they are 18, it changes things. It's the same thing as like when you start introducing your kid to bills so that they're ready in, to be able to do things in real life you start going hey you know we're gonna learn about taxes today and we're gonna you know do this and hey every single time that we do these things this is how it's going to work and these are the rules that you have to follow and if you're doing this like it is preparing them for real life and so once they turn 18 it, there's a more serious note that needs to be behind those things yes they should be allowed to mess up and they should have like a three strike rule no matter what mm-hmm. i think that just going oh well you fucked up get on out like that's yeah that's abusive but if you have repeated yourself and given them chance after chance and it doesn't seem like they're going to change, then I'm sorry, you're not the one that's going to change them. They do need a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to take for them to actually realize, hey, the world doesn't just you know work like that. I can't just abuse whatever it is that I want and you know go, oh, I know you said that, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because that's how a lot of people need their wake-up calls. But just throwing your kid out of the house because they're 18, yeah, that's abusive. There's no part of that that is justified literally i don't care if they've been a snob their whole life and doing all this other crap or they're gross or anything like that just going oh well, they're 18 i'm sick of it get on out that's not how that works yeah you go hey you're 18 now let's sit down and have a conversation about this you're going to change this or i'm going to kick you out and that's it and that's perfectly justified i don't understand people that think that's wrong because that's not but you know, it's it, it's literally, if you had a conversation about it, you've warned them and you've given them a three-strike rule, you're sitting there, you've had conversations about it, both parents agree because that's a big thing. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I just kicked my kid out and, you know, husband didn't agree or my wife didn't agree and they think I'm wrong. Well, then you're probably wrong <laughs> because yeah. it needs to be a co-parenting decision, not just something that you just, you know, decide on. Like, that's just... I can't, I can't mm-hmm. stand people that do that. It is 100% abu- abusive. That's exactly what it is. Because what are they... What, what, that changes the way that they think. Yeah. And I, not in a good way. I can see scenarios. Look, okay, number one. If I have a child who is off-hinged, like mm-hmm. majorly off-hinged, mentally off-hinged. But see, that's Or different. is endangering somebody else. Right. And that's, and, and that's what I'm saying. For the most part, hell no. You know what? Your brain, the, the most disgusting, like, honestly, like, there was, there was a single mom that I was dating, and I'm not even going to say her name, because it's just not even worth it. You know, there was a single mom that I was dating who had four kids, and literally, four kids, three dads, okay? Four kids, three dads, and I sat there, and it was like, and I, and those kids came, and she lived with me, uh, moved in with me, and it was, it was temporary, because it was supposed to be temporary. And those kids were there and the words that she said the day I broke up with her, I was like, oh, no, this is definitely not going to work was we had a few friends over and um, she sat there and she said, and I quote, well, they're only my problem until they're 18 and then they're the government's problem Uh, is literally what she said. Oh, my God. So 
her literal plan. And I was like, oh, we're done. I, I said it right there. I just looked straight across at her. I was on my back porch, my apartment, my in, in North Highlands. I know exactly where we were. I know exactly what the weather was outside because there's those iconic moments that somebody says something that you just go, wow. And as somebody who, you know, again, before the, the birthday candles were even blown out on the cake I never received, mm-hmm. I was out, right? There was, look, if you're prepping your kid, that's one thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to turn 18. Like, I'm, I told my daughters this. You know, you get to decide if you want to do military or you want to do college or, you know, if you what whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. But you are going to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, whatever it's going to be to prep it up. Look, they can do college and they can do remote learning for college so they can stay home. Right. If my daughters decide ultimately that they're like, hey, I really don't know what I want to do. And then I, as a parent, haven't prepped them enough. It's on me. So many of these parents don't raise their their kids. Yeah. And it's like, and hello. then, and, and then, huh? I said, hello. Yeah, they don't raise their kids. And then their kids turn 18 and they're like, oh, not my problem anymore. They were never your problem in the first place. You literally told your kids that they meant nothing to you. You know, Amy's kids, Amy's parents, that's the one thing. They n- never kicked any of their kids out. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, their kids are always welcome back. And several of them have moved back home at one point <laughs> or another. And it's like, that's, that's kind of that, like they did it right. Mm -hmm. You know, kicking your kids out is not right. No. And telling your kids you're going to be kicking them out without, no, I'm like, well, even with Anna, Anna's not my biological daughter. Mm -hmm. She's been here for a year. She's going to be here for two more years. And I'm sitting here going, okay, well, let's get your plan together and let's get everything together. And so we're working on her plan and we're putting it together. And I'm like, okay, well, let's work on this. I'm not like, oh, sounds good. Ha ha. Get the fuck out. You know? Yeah, no. It's she, like, she constantly comes to us like she's expecting us to say that. Yeah. And I never and I never will. And I don't because it's not fair because it's not right because I know what she's gone through. And I see the, the drama and everything that she goes through even now down to these stupid boy boys that are like trying to play games mm-hmm. to try to manipulate her. And I call those things out so fast. And then she catches it and she's like, hey, look, this is. This is what I did. Okay, good. Good girl. But we're sitting there going, okay. And she's like, but, but you know, I'm, I'm going to finish, but we're probably going to be like two months before I'm ready to move out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. She's like, well, I don't have enough money coming in for my job. Anna, it's okay. You realize that it's impossible to have enough money coming from your job because you are going to school. Yeah. <laughs> like- it's like, it's like you, you're good. We you're don't always agree. And, and I've had jobs. to, I've had to snap at you more than once, but. I told you, if you want me to treat you like you're my daughter, I'm treating you like you're my daughter. Mm-hmm. I, Lily and Tabby don't get special privileges, yeah. you know, and it's like. And, well, they and had another like, reminder of that last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They tried. <laughs> Lily yeah. got real upset last night. Real quick, because I went into a room. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, because she, like, she, uh-huh. she originally, we hadn't talked about that yet. She only started coming up to you over and over again because we told her the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, Nikki was going to step in. I was like, no, they need to learn how to deal with this. We cannot keep telling them how they have to do the kitchen. Yeah. It's like, they need to learn it. Right now, they have something that they cannot escape. Tabby hurt her thumb. She cannot do the dishes. Right. And they were both arguing about it. Like, it's just, like, so unfair. And the point that, it was one of those things where it was like, I was recognizing the points that were being made. And Lily was just, she really was just refusing. Like, Anna was making good points. Like, the point was that Tabby was going to take over whoever did the dishes mm-hmm. day. And Anna's was two days away. And Lily's, or and Anna's was, was one day away. It was literally the next day. And right. Lily's was two days away. So the point was, Lily, if you do it, she's going to take over your day. Well, I'm not going to do it because I don't want her, I want to do the dishes today and then do them two days later. And she was like, 
that's not what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. She's going to do it. And she was like, well, then why can't she just take yours? Because I have dishes tomorrow. Her thumb's not going to be healed by tomorrow. Right. But two days is enough for her to be able to do the dishes. And she just was refusing, angry. Well, I still have homework to do. And she's like, okay, I also still have homework to do. <laughs> she was just mad that everything she was saying wasn't working and convincing Anna that it was smarter. And so they just kept going. She tried to come to us about it, got real upset. And Nikki literally was just trying to stay on the outside of it and tried to make a point. It's like, I'm not saying for or against anybody right now. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to point out, and I don't remember what she did point out, but I just remember it was like it was not anything, again, it wasn't anything for or against either one of their arguments. And Lily just threw attitude at her, and Nikki was like, whoa, hey, listen, I am literally not going against you. I'm not saying I'm for what you're saying. I just literally wanted to point this out really quick because, you know, this is a thing. I'm not in your shit. Don't bring me Mm -hmm. into it by giving me the attitude. I just wanted to let you know that. And so she was just still upset. So that's why she started going to you because <laughs> she already got told. Yeah, that didn't hey, work we're out not. the way she wanted. For yeah. Sure. So that was the same thing. Or she would have thought because it's what she's been doing now. It's, oh, well, I'm not going to give her her way. And Nikki's not going to give her her way. So she's starting to try to go to you about everything, mm-hmm. about everything, because that's the solution now. Oh, and I, now and she's I knew, not I getting some, special I, treatment I for it. Was, I knew something was up with it because she literally came in here and she does this. They, they do this thing where they think they're slick. <laughs> they walk in and they walk into my bedroom and I refuse to acknowledge them right now. My bedroom's a cluttered mess. And so I'm absolutely just bitter about it. And because they, everybody keeps bringing stuff in here and, and then she, they, you know, she, she comes in she's like, hi. I was like, hi. And she goes into the kitchenette to put whatever one item mm-hmm. into the kitchenette that she, she's going to put it in and comes back. She goes, so, do you think it's fair, you know, and it's like, hmm, no, 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 I, you're, I, I'm being set up. So, I was like, and, and I sat there and said, you know what I say? I say that if the kitchen's not done in a half hour, that you're all going to be grounded for the weekend and I'm going to find a massive amount of work. Actually, I know a massive amount of work. I'm going to put you all to work on. Okay. Uh, so, that was the first time. Yep, that so was the first time. she came back down angry. Oh, no. So, then Tabitha came up. Oh, well, I was going to say, you yeah. want to know what happened in between that? Oh, yeah, go ahead. She came down and said, I'm not doing the dishes. Just straight out. And Anna was like, okay, well, I'm not doing them. She's like, okay, well, then it sounds like we have our solution. The exact words that I used the last time mm-hmm. that they were arguing about, okay, well, I've already done them. And it was the exact words. And then got upset. And so Tabby was like, I literally can't. I'm helping out with everything else because that's what I can do. But I can't do the dishes. My thumb hurts too bad. And this is my right hand. I can't grip the sponge, Lily. And she's literally saying that. Mm-hmm. And Lily was just like, well, I don't care. It's not my problem. I'm doing my part. And just kept cutting everybody off. So that's why Tabby came up. So uh, then what did Tabby do? <laughs> yeah, well, no. So then, well, you know what? It, it, the bottom line is, is that it, in all of this, nobody's getting kicked out at 18, right? I mean, we can go over the whole, the, the cranky ass little drama <laughs> bit of it but the the bottom line is is that you know nowhere in there was like hey anna you're the stepchild yeah do the <laughs> do the dishes and then when you're 18 we want you want it out because we want that room back you know yeah no it's never been a thing and the girls no. have had to get used to that this entire time because they got so upset that anna moved in and that you know which was mm-hmm. weird because anna moved in and that meant that they had less chores to do but for some reason that still meant they were going to argue about everything that they had to do yeah. with her and try it. And they've literally said things about, well, you're not family kind of kind of things. And they've given that vibe to her. And she's, you know, stepped down and trying to be around 
for a, for a while she was just not hanging out with anybody because that's how they were treating her so mm-hmm. bad that and she wasn't saying anything about it because she assumed that if she said something then we'd be like okay well they're my kids like i feel like that's what she thought was going to happen and yeah. it's not at all as soon as it came to light as soon as we started hearing the things they were saying because we got the alexas and started listening in mm-hmm. on when they were doing the kitchen and hearing the things that lily and tabby were saying to her and it was like whoa and so they got called out for that hard. Yeah. And then suddenly Anna was, you know, willing to come to us and be like, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, Tabby, Tabby said this and she's not doing this part of this thing. Like, oh, really? And we bring Tabby into it. And then she, uh, 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 because she would think, well, you know, she's not going to say anything because that's mm-hmm. what they had gotten into for so long. So, yeah, no, treating, treating anything like that. It's just I could not. I don't understand that because people do it with their kids, period, too. It's like, oh, well, this kid's going to get kicked out, but this kid I like. So this kid I'm going to give all the things in the world to. It's like that's so unfair. And I I get that there's still always going to be that kind of hierarchy with your kids when you have multiple of them. You always treat your first one the worst, Mm -hmm. and then you treat the next one eh, a little bit better, and the next one eh, a little bit better because you realize what you did wrong if you're a good parent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the oldest is going to be resentful for a a little bit, you know, as long as they're still within the, the age range to care. Like, I still have you know, I'm still bitter about quite a few things that were taken from me, destroyed, didn't get to do this and everything that just changed yeah. from each sibling. And it's like, that's, I don't get that. So treating, treating any of your kids in any level of just unfairness, it's just, I, they're your kids. You signed up to be a parent. And for the people mm-hmm. that didn't sign up to be a parent, if you can't get past it, then you're not ready to be a parent and you need to find a better home for that child because that's literally what it comes down to because you're literally setting your kid up for a miserable life with you or a better life without you and people don't like that reality and so they go well no because I'm a parent and then that's the people that sit there and go well I raised you and you're going to treat me like this Mm -hmm. like I hate that I hate when people use that that is your responsibility you are obligated to raise me Mm -hmm. doesn't you can't use that against your own child you chose to have me yeah okay I didn't choose to be here. Right. Like, so it's just, I didn't choose which guy was swimming fastest, <laughs> and I didn't choose which you know egg I hit. I didn't. Exactly. I had no say in that. Believe me, I didn't have a say in choosing my parents because you would not have been the pick. Okay. So yeah, so, no, it's just mm-hmm. it, yeah, kicking your kids out is abusive. Treating any of your kids like they're any level of an option mm-hmm. is just no. That is that is abusive. That's what that starts as. Kicking them out as they're eighteen, it means that you've always been choosing them. You're always you've always been treating them as an option. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, right now I don't have an option. Once you're eighteen, I do, and you're getting kicked out, which means you wanted them to be an option the whole fucking time. And, so and, yeah, and that's and that's exactly. It. And then those parents wonder why they, you know, twenty five years later are sitting there talking to their kids, to and them. it's like, and the kids like, mm, you know, no, you're gonna die alone, mom. You're you're literally that's that's it. You are alone. Let, let me let me make this very clear. You made that decision two days after I turned 18 that you were no longer a significant part of my life. So everything else that you had done wrong up until that moment. That moment did it for you and it did it. Mm-hmm. It literally did it. I, Which is fair. <laughs> yeah. And it's like good. You're under no obligation to have me past 18. I'm under no obligation to have you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get, you know. I, I, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> so that one's, that one's a little bit heavier, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is a not quite. To home, but yeah. <laughs> this one's not quite as heavy, but I strongly agree with it. Okay. 
It's Shakespeare is outdated. Focusing on him makes kids uninterested in literature. Teach him in history class, but not English. Reading and trying to analyze Shakespeare felt so stupid, and I can't imagine how even more stupid must feel for today's generation. It's honestly just lazy not to move on to a more recent author. Romeo and Juliet doesn't resonate with kids the way people seem to think. The concept, sure, but the actual literature is dog shit. Having to read and decipher as you read for a grade is a surefire way to make someone hate reading. 100%. I, did, I agree with it, it's bullshit. I don't agree with him saying it's outdated because there's a lot of Shakespeare literature that can be it, com, like directly oh, be yeah. a good analogy for things going on today. Read but, Othello. Yeah. <laughs> just or any, Hamlet. Yeah, Holy I was just saying, yeah, Hamlet, there's a yeah. lot. No, but, yeah. but forcing me to read it in English class for a grade and being able to analyze and do all this other crap, it is. It is 100% bullshit. There's mm-hmm. nothing that I gained from that. I was more interested in the story than I was in trying to figure out all of the little itty bitty things and all of the, the like just all of the, the English things you're supposed to learn, tying it into something like that, it's bullshit. Yeah. It made me not want to read it because I, I literally I loved Ham or I loved reading Hamlet and I loved reading Othello and I loved reading Romeo and Juliet, but I hated everything that surrounded it that it made me not want to read it again. Like now, years later, mm-hmm. I'm fully at that point where I'm willing to go, you know what? Maybe maybe I'd read this again. Maybe I'd get back into it. Maybe I'd touch up on that storyline because it's it's they're great stories. Sure. But my God, did I hate annotating them. That was the most bullshit thing ever. Having to get a fucking book that I had to pay for with my own fucking money. And grab a highlighter and a fucking pencil or pen Mm -hmm. and highlight shit in this fucking book just to write things next to it. And all that, like, that was bullshit. I hated that because it took me away. I can't. I love reading. And for people that love reading, doing something like that to take you out of the story, you can't ever immerse yourself in the story. You can't. Yeah. And that's why people don't like reading and they like, you know, watching movies and things because they feel immersed in the story because they're watching it with their own eyes. But people that have great imaginations, <laughs> they love reading things because they don't have to see it to be able to feel what's going on. I love reading for that matter because it everything is drawn out. Everything is a lot. It, it, it When you watch something, everything's already presented to you. You don't have to sit there and figure out what somebody's voice sounds like or imagine what they look like based on the description you've given. You don't have to sit there and you, you, like, you have to literally create all of this in your head because you're getting words on a paper that your brain is creating an image for and Mm -hmm. it's amazing when i have to stop doing that to go oh shit i read two pages and i'm supposed to be annotating go back and highlight whatever the fuck is going to get me a grade that's not going to make me go into the story and enjoy it and on top of that i had teachers that said don't read ahead Mm -hmm. don't read ahead you read ahead, you're getting, I'm taking points off. If you know what happens, you're taking, I'm taking points off. Because, you know, you're still a kid at that point. There's no part of you that can, like, per, like, it gets really hard to remember where you're about to stop, what's been read and what hasn't been read. But I did it anyways. Like, it, not, not for that. I did it for uh, The Hatchet. I loved that book. I honestly probably wouldn't read that one again, though, because it was honestly fucking terrifying. But I do, I did it with Lord of the Flies. I, f- oh, I read, I finished Lord of the Flies. <laughs> After, like, the first two chapters we read in class mm-hmm. because I enjoyed that story so much. Yeah. And then we watched the movie and that made me happy because we didn't always watch the movie after it. Mm-hmm. But it was just, like, I, yeah, specifically with Shakespeare because, like, Lord of the Flies, eh, it's a little bit older language, but you can still get it. Shakespeare, I don't fucking understand what I'm doing if I have to go back and 
go annotate what it is my brain needs to figure out the context of everything as i'm reading it and i have to keep going and then go oh shit that makes that make sense and keep going if i'm reading it and trying to figure it out before i get the context of the next scene then i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm confused and i didn't understand the majority of what i was fucking reading until we watched the movie and we would watch the movie before we fucking took the test so that was nice because otherwise i would i really wouldn't have known i would have had no fucking clue i would have failed every (laughs) single fucking test because there's no i couldn't understand it yeah so that i understand you can't if you can't if i can't read it and know what i'm reading because i have to keep annotating it then i'm you're not teaching me anything mm-hmm. and there's no part of me that is understanding english literature better because i'm reading shakespeare and annotating it right. give me a book to read and the whole point that was we're supposed to be able to pull things out of the book and connect it to just english and that's hard to do when i have to annotate each individual fucking page of a book I should be able to read it and go, okay, let's make a note of this thing because this is this thing. Or go afterwards and go, oh, I need to find examples of this, this, and this. I know because there was this scene. Let me flip back to the scene and find that thing. Otherwise, I, I'm not learning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you're forcing me to read something that I have either no interest in because the concepts of them I was extremely interested in. But it's it's some of them, some of them were kind of boring to me. I just was like, eh, I don't eh. Everybody knows the story of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So reading it in class in high school, it's like, oh, what? <laughs> I already know the story. And now I don't understand it because now I'm un- confused because I don't understand the language that's being I'm reading right now. So it's just I hate it. I hate that that's something. It really is something that should be taught in history class. And because in history, you connect things more to current times than you do in English. So it's just it, it's dumb. You yeah. should have more recent authors for things that kids will understand more for things that you're learning in English class. Otherwise, it's dumb. The The stories that you should be reading should be rotated out about every five years because there should I should not be able like literally there's no world where you and Amy should be reading should have been reading the same books that I did and mm-hmm. that Lily and Tabby are also reading in school. That's that is ridiculous. <laughs> so I get it. There are some things that, you know, they're smart to keep around. You reading an excerpt from Romeo and Juliet, that I understand. Being able to tie things in and go, this is Shakespeare. Cool. Moving on. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't need to go through the entire goddamn story to learn basic English things that I already fucking know. Like, you have to find idioms and shit like that. And like, what? Bro, I already know what that is. We already took a test on this. Why Why am I still learning this? That's what I think is, it's just dumb. English... Having English classes is dumb <laughs> for the sake that they have them. You learn everything you need to learn in English in grade school. Yeah. Then you go to middle school and high school, and it's like, hey, I know you already know everything, but let's keep making it harder for you to understand the things that you already know and make you question if you actually know it or not. <laughs> yes, the curtains were blue, but why were they blue? I don't fucking know. I'm not the goddamn author. Okay, but it might represent these things. I don't give a fuck. You know mm-hmm. what I give a fuck about? The actual storyline. Like, So it's just, yeah, it took me out of the stories so much. The elegance of Shakespeare and things like that mm-hmm. is what I appreciate. Do I think, yeah. you know, here, here's my mind. I don't think mandatory reading does any harm to, to classes. Like, hey, we're all going to read this. But what I do hate is what you said earlier, is when teachers are like, don't jump ahead. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, because, okay. You're discouraging me. So. <laughs> When I had pre-algebra, right? Okay. And so I think it was probably seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade for me for pre-algebra is what I remember. That would make sense. Um, That's when I took it. Okay. So. Or it's when I was supposed to take it. Okay. We, we got a textbook and then we got the accompanying 
test book. Okay. okay. And so I was like, and literally knew, and I can't remember the teacher's name, um, literally knew that he was going down the book page by page by page, right? Mm-hmm. So I nailed it. I just was like, okay, pre-algebra is easy for me. Algebra, pre-algebra was easy. Algebra was easy for me. Algebra mm-hmm. has always been easy for me. I'm sitting here working with, with Anna and physics, and I'm going, how do you not get this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my brain, right? Um, it's like, so I went through, and I kid you not when I say this, in one week, I had the entire year's worth, because we didn't ch- trade every uh, quarter or every semester or mm-hmm. anything like that, you know, in, in junior high. It was like, no, you were in the same classes for that year, basically. That so, sucks. Yeah. So I so it was pre-algebra and introduction, you know, blah, 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 and mm-hmm. all that. And so I sat down and I did the entire thing inside of a week. And so every single time he came up to me, I just rip out the page because it was all <laughs> <Be> perforated. <done. laughs> there it was, handed it to him. And he's like, let me see your book. No. I knew what he wanted. He wanted to see. Oh, he wanted to see that I had done the whole book, right? And I was like, no, because they would have called you cheating. You had somebody else do this. And no, then, like then, he, then he's because because he sat there and I was like, because I would just pull the top page and just hand it to him, and I wouldn't open the book, mm-hmm. just hand it to him, and it was like, you don't take your pages out when you're doing the work. No, it stays better organized this way. Well, you don't need to. And it was like a whole cat and mouse thing. He's like, does, why would you need to keep it organized if you're just pulling a page out? You know, if that's the page that you're gonna <sighs> give me. And I was putting it back in my backpack. And he's like, let me see the book. I was like, no. And he's like, let me see the book. No, I'll send you the principal. Send me the principal. You're not seeing the book. It's my book. <laughs> I'm like, and, and I'm going to do it. And I said, and I know what you're trying to do. And I'm like, you're not slick. And I used to say it all the time. You're slick as sandpaper, buddy. <laughs> you know? And it was like, and, and he just sat there and he goes, you know, he, he sat there and he goes and sends me the principal's office. So I sit in the principal's office. I can't remember that principal's name. It shows you just how unmemorable junior high was for me <laughs> i don't remember the name of a single teacher oh, I remember in junior the name high of my math not one in eighth grade Ooh. So, so yeah no so i literally was like okay and i just was like things are whatever they are type situation and i uh i got to the principal's office and the principal's like what's going on i'm like oh i'm, I'm sure he's gonna come sure enough he called like i was just, i was gonna say i'm sure he's gonna call you but literally as i was saying the sentence the the phone rang and, and the principal's like, okay, okay. And he goes, and the principal looks at me and says, let me see your book. No. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You thought that was a question. That is not a question. That's what, the first time I'd heard that phrase and I loved it, right? <laughs> and and he's like, that's school property. I'm like, no, it's school property that was given to me. So now and, it's my and I'm like, property, and, bitch. <laughs> and, and he goes, well, what is your problem? And he's on the phone still. And I said, I know what the problem is. He wants to see if how far ahead I am on the work because he wants to dock me for getting stuff done because the class is easy and stupid and a child could do it. And last time I checked, I had hair <laughs> down there, you know, type situation. And and so the principal's like, is, is that true? OK, well, you can't dock him. What do you <laughs> literally I heard the conversation. You, you can't dock him. That's why he doesn't want to. You can't dock him if he's done the work. But if he doesn't need it, and I literally remember the whole conversation was the principal and principal's looking more at me like, like, okay, this is stupid. (laughs) And so, no, so you know what the principal did? And Mm. this is where I feel bad that I don't remember the principal. Principal went and got me a blank pre-algebra book, pulled out all the pages that I hadn't done till then, gave me the book, gave it to my bag. 
And that was it. So I brought it in, brought it back to him, showed him that the book wasn't done. It was just none of his business. And I had literally written, you know, so. <laughs> well, that's nice. I wish I would have had somebody back me up like that. That, that, was the, that was the first time I'd ever been backed up by any teacher, principal or anything. I mean, like my entire existence was Joey to the principal. Joey, you're in trouble. <laughs> Joey, See, I didn't get and sent to like, the principal's office because I was too scared. Yeah. I was well, a little bitch, but I had I had similar things happen, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the means to get anything fixed because I didn't yeah. know. I came home and I bitched about it. I had the same thing. For me in seventh grade, I and this is like I, I talk about all the different things that like were mistakes that led to things that were mm-hmm. just like, ugh, and this is one of them. In seventh grade, I was too smart for pre algebra. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of pre algebra, they give you a pretest, the test everybody to make sure you're in the right class because you know, before middle school they have you go through and pick all your classes and they go, Okay, we'll review it and they were like, Yeah, that seems about right for me because I didn't do any extras in grade school. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in any of those extra programs or anything because I didn't want to be. I didn't care. I liked my recess time. <laughs> yeah. So well, and that was exactly the reason that I'd done this because pre-algebra for me was a fifth period class. It was right after lunch. And so everybody was rushing to do their fifth and sixth period homework. And I'm like, no, I have, I had woodshop sixth period. There's no homework. <laughs> so, so, but it was like, so I didn't want that. And it was just like, so when people... Yeah, I'm just like, I just want to get it done. It's stupid. I get this. I don't need you to continually give me different levels of progression to figure out X. I've got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. X. Okay. I well, get that X is you, a number. You were smart enough to decide that you wanted to stay in that class. Mm-hmm. I took the pretest and I was too smart for that class. So they put me in Algebra 1 in mm-hmm. seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I got mm-hmm. it. And I was great. And there's only like one unit and not like a chapter, a whole unit that I was iffy on. I got Mm -hmm. a C in that unit. It wasn't super great. And I still remember this teacher. His name was Mr. Halseth. We loved him because he was super great. Let us talk and joke around and have a good old time. He rapped for us. White guy rapped for us because we all (laughs) passed our test. And so it was really cool. He was super fun, super interactive. And he was like, you know, I'm still the eighth grade algebra teacher. So, you know, I would suggest because this is an important unit that you retake the class for next year. You're still going to be way ahead of schedule. Everybody that comes into seventh grade, they they come into seventh grade doing intro to math. And I was Mm -hmm. doing pre-algebra. But now I was two years ahead by doing that. So he's like, you'll just be one year ahead. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I chose to listen to him because he was such a good teacher. And then he wasn't my teacher the next year because they decided to change this fucking miserable nothing better to do with their fucking life bitch miss pappas <laughs> and i know you saw me that i was sitting there and i was like oh what was her name and i was sitting there and then i remembered mm-hmm. it miss pappas she had been married she was fucking divorced because she was such a fucking prick she literally decided because i had already taken the entire goddamn class mm-hmm. there was only one unit i needed to be there for so everything else i understood i already knew it i already did it and she would hate that because she would give us, she would have, she had these uh, on her whiteboard. They, all a bunch of teachers would do it. They would take like painters tape or electrical tape, and they they would make you know charts and things with them on the board. Mm-hmm. And so she did that, and she made the unit like the the lesson plans, telling us what we were going to be learning and what schedule we were going to be on, and blah blah blah. So I would do a week's worth of work in one weekend. Because I already knew it. Mm-hmm. I already knew what I was doing. So I'd have the homework finished. I'd have the lessons finished. And she'd be going through things and being like, oh, take notes and shit like that. And I wouldn't take the notes. Because I already understood it. I'd pass the test with flying colors. But she caught on to that by the third chapter and decided she didn't like that. Because she, you know, her reasoning for it the first time was, oh, well, kids will know that you already know it. And they'll try to cheat off you. It's like, okay, then I'll take the test in the back of class. <laughs> well, that's not an option kind of thing. And it was, oh, well, you need to show your work. I got the right answer. This is the first time that I hated that. Mm-hmm. I got the right answer, so why does it matter? Well, if you don't get but I got the right answer. 
but if you don't get it, but I did. So why is it a problem? Right. Well, I have to take half the points off because half the points are, you know, go towards showing, showing your, your work. work. Yeah, see, okay, whatever. I'll, so then I, I was shoot. lucky enough we didn't have that crap. Well, yeah. And so because we weren't allowed to have calculators on our tests and everything. So mm-hmm. that was the issue. We well, how do I know? Do common core. <laughs> well, yeah. And so she's like, well, I know, you know, how am I supposed to know you're not using a calculator? I can sit in front of you if you want me to sit in front of you. I literally know it. And so she mm-hmm. just hated me from that point forward, despised me. And for the next two years of my high school career, because she failed me out of that fucking class because I wouldn't show my work. And even what I did, she would mark it wrong because the work was wrong because I didn't do it the way that she wanted me to do it, mm-hmm. even if I got the right answer. So I failed enough that I couldn't move on. And so I didn't get to go to pre-calculus. I didn't go to al- get to go to Algebra 2 or anything like that. And that was the year that if you didn't pass Algebra 1... And you had to retake Algebra 1, that's when Common Core was being swapped. So if you didn't pass Algebra that year, you were put into Math 1. And then you had Math 2 mm. and Math 3, where instead of learning everything in separated things like Algebra and Calculus mm-hmm. and Statistics, you le- learned a little bit of everything. And my brain did not like that. I could not stand that. My It was horrendous. But for my freshman and sophomore year, I had... My, my freshman year teacher, she was a brand new teacher, so she was super nice, and she did not last. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she was Miss Calhoun. I loved her. She was so sweet, and she loved me because we could have mathematical conversations, and she didn't expect that from anybody. And so I was super excited because she was like, yeah, I'm going to be here. You would love my statistics class. That's what you'll be taking in, in um, senior year. So, you know, stick it stick it through. Don't don't give up because you know that you know all of this already. Just stick it through. For for me, you'll be back in my class for senior year and I was like, "You know what? Got it." So I passed her class with flying colors. She literally knew that I already knew everything. So she never got on me about not taking notes or anything. Like she would literally be like, "Okay, have you learned this? Do you know this? Do you know that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucking easy. I learned that in fucking grade school." And she'd be like, "Okay, yeah, cool. You don't don't worry about taking you do some other homework in this class. Get my homework done. Do some other homework. Just chill in the back of the class." I sat in the back of the class. She loved me. Passed her class with no issues. And then the next year I got a different teacher. She was um it was <laughs> she was a lesbian. And she was mm-hmm. like, uh, like just raging lesbian, and she loved math, and it was super funny. She was super great. It's where I went, met had one of my best friends, um, in that class because him and I could not shut the fuck up because he was also really good at math. <laughs> so we would finish things and then start talking, and she used to just get mad at us. She'd be like, "Hey, I understand that you guys get it, but the other kids don't, and you have to shut the fuck up so they can focus." And we'd be like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> and so great time in that class too. Then the next year, I got another shitty teacher, and Miss Calhoun decided to quit because she could not stand freshman people freshman kids are mean mm-hmm. and so she couldn't stand it so she quit and so then there was another reason that i didn't want to be there for senior year because it's like what am i what what's the point one of my favorite teachers left i have no reason to be here i have no friends anymore but yeah no but i i hated that the amount of times from that fucking teacher alone miss pappas that she just well you didn't show your work well i don't like that you worked ahead i'm gonna dock you points i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and i didn't have the balls to like go to the principal about anything because it was like i didn't know the principal Uh, like Mm -hmm. i didn't know the principals ever i was never that kind of kid that was like so in with the teachers that like i was friends with all of them including the principals and everything like the closest i ever got was the teacher in charge she was really nice in middle school she and i'm still friends with her on facebook to this day like she she was great she was my computer teacher because that was the only class that she would teach and she was fun when she taught it but like that was it I I got in so much trouble so many times and like my friends tried to back me up one time but they were but they didn't know it so it's not like they could back me up because yeah. they also knew it and be like yeah we don't show our work either they they didn't they didn't know it so I couldn't I couldn't nobody could back me up properly 
So that class was awful. I hated it. She ruined the rest of my fucking math career for school because I could have been so ahead and I could have been like, I literally could have been taking calculus by sophomore year if she would have just left it. If I would have just never listened to Mr. Halseth about retaking that class, I would have been ahead. But I was just like, you know what? I trust you. That's right. I thought he was going to be my teacher. For some reason, the school decided he wasn't going to teach eighth grade algebra anymore. So... So yeah, no, making kids show their work, forcing kids to do things because, you know, it doesn't follow your agenda for teaching. That's bullshit. Uh, Like, and you know, a lot of people probably, I feel like if you're in school, you don't really have a say in it until you're out of it. Because when you're in it, yeah, your, your voice isn't as credible (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you are angry and you are a teenager with hormones and things. But once you get out of it, if it's still the same opinion, then yeah, you were right all along. It's just a lot harder to believe that, you know. And I get that. It's so frustrating when you're a teenager and you're like, dude, because everybody uses the excuse. Okay, well, you're a kid. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not a fucking kid, but you are. (laughs) So I get it. It's so irritating. There's nobody that I could talk to about those things and have it just like go away. There's no like I didn't think I wasn't there. Like, oh, take it to the principal. So you had gotten lucky that you got sent to the principal (laughs) before anything went. Yeah, I lucked out. And it was the first actually I was thinking about that is actually the first time I got sent to the principals. Oh, really? Yeah, we we had moved out. We had moved out to Vallejo Mm -hmm. and I hadn't gotten in fights or anything yet. And I, I was I was in good shape there. Um, I was low key. Nobody wanted, nobody could figure me out yet. Right. Here's this quiet kid. Mm-hmm. They don't know where he's from. And it's like, and he's not looking to make friends, you know, cause I've got just a crappy ass life at home and I'm, you know, coming home to garbage. So a garbage situation. So I just, you know, just wasn't talking, wasn't, didn't want anything to do with anybody. Didn't really hang out with anybody or anything like that at that point. At that point there was nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And so, I had done this because I literally would come home and it was like, I have homework. It's like, okay, go do your homework. Okay. Well, they, my, my mom would make me sit at the kitchen table and do the homework mm-hmm. and do my homework. Okay. No big deal. I didn't care. I was getting it done. And so I would sit there and it was like, and I remember that she walked up to me and she's like, how much of your math homework do you, do you want to, are you doing? I'm like, this is the years I want to get it done. I just want to get it done. I just, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And she's like, Okay, well, as long as I don't have to deal with you, it's fine. And that was literally, no, I'm not kidding. That was the attitude. And I was like, okay. So I sat and I cranked it out and I got it done. And it's like, but anyway. To try to get punished for is yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, and then then for somebody to sit there and go, you know, because I knew he knew exactly what he was going to do. and Because he, he did it to another kid. Another kid was like had done three pages of work, uh, right? And handed yeah. him three pages. and But he was being smug about it, but he just handed the three pages. It's like, yeah, I got the next three days done. So, you know, this, this, da, 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 da. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, well, you're going to get 80% of the grade. Yeah, so I hope bullshit. you got nothing wrong. Best you can get is a B. And I was like, so you imagine what I was thinking, like, He's going to try to give me a D, right? No. No, he he gave me a low he he gave he gave me like a B in that class even though I know and I got nothing wrong. He never gave me back my papers. Mm-hmm. He refused to give me back my papers. Anyways, let's move <laughs> so on because this is I have this one was, more. Okay, yeah, um, go right ahead. And this one is also I know you'll have a lot to say about this one. Okay. And I want to I want to say real quick disclaimer that again, we are big middle ground people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not religious. You're not religious. Mm-hmm. You know a lot about religion, mm-hmm. and I don't know a lot about religion. However, I know enough about it be through you that I can form my own opinions about things. And I want to say this is not about all Christians, mm-hmm. just the majority of them, because a lot of them don't really pay attention to what 
they are doing versus what they're supposed to be doing versus what's in the Bible versus what's not in the Bible and all of that. Mm-hmm. So most Christians are morally inferior because they expect to be rewarded in the next life. Atheists who do good deeds do them because they think they're right and don't really expect anything in, in return. Again, most atheists, mm-hmm. some of them do expect things in return because they're just shitty people. But, um, but it's impossible to be religious and follow a categorical imperative. It's just, you can't, you can't do that. If you're, you're literally only doing things because you think you have to because your religion says so, not just because you feel like you should do it. And so that's why I say, again, most Christians, because there are definitely still good people that are Christians, just like there's bad people that are atheists and da 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 But just for the most part, that kind of makes it what, like, you're not doing it just to do it. Well, I'll, I will argue with you and say that's actually the minority of Christians. Um, the, the thing, the, the problem, Christians, there's a lot of problems in Christianity. Yes. But most Christians are good people because they want to be good people. The fact that they're going to get rewarded for being good people is an incentive Right. Because in their reward is eternal life in heaven. OK. And I accept that. And I and I can accept that. But there are Christians who, you know, and, and these are the people you're talking about because mm-hmm. we see them because they're the loudest. Mm-hmm. OK. Let's just remember the loud minority is what we have. What you what you have going on here is the people like, oh, God doesn't favor your lifestyle and God's going to judge you and God's going to. And those are the people that I generally come back to and say, well, God is love. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And so there's nobody there to judge me. So let's have a great day. What? What? uh, what?" Mm -hmm. You know, and and again, that is not a perfect, flawless argument, but it shuts those people down because those people like, okay, when we had the little thing with Sheila, Mm -hmm. well, if you're not going to use scripture, don't talk to me. Okay, no problem. I'll use scripture. Here you go. And and threw the scripture at her. And she was just like, uh, uh, yep. Well, no, I'm just ignoring that you you did that and you're you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, why? Because you're in a polyamorous relationship. Um, OK, where is that a sin? The Bible says you should have but one wife. Oh, OK, we're going to use three words of of one verse. Well, let's go to that. It, Bible actually says if a man wishes to be an elder in the church, he should be the husband of but one wife, a.k.a. if a man doesn't wish to be an elder in the church. Hey, look at that. Well, you, you can't because having another wife is, yeah, I don't. I have one wife. <laughs> What's your issue? Well, then you're cheating on her. No, I'm not. It's like, no, I'm not. What? Show me the definition. Well, it's unnatural sex acts. What? <laughs> okay, number one, you think that our relationship is based on sex. Dumb. That's mm-hmm. what prostitutes are for. And if I wanted to be back, back in biblical times, I would go ahead and go to the synagogue's prostitutes because those are the ones that are held by the church that have to give part, a portion of it to the church, but they're also protected by the church. So they generally are less beat up. So, you know, but, oh, I'm sorry. You forgot that the church had, had hookers? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's like those are the people I go after. But, but for the most part, people, they just, you know, for them, it's a good moral base. And... Like, okay, we can use Andy as an example, right? Andy Andy is Christian, and Andy knows I'm not. And, you know, Andy and I, our last conversation was kind of the, hey, we really shouldn't be doing the whole business thing together, and there's things there that are there for that. And it was like, okay, good. So we do have a good line, and I respect where he's at. And, and I, he respects where I'm at, but if he doesn't, that doesn't matter because, you know, in his mind, he's right, but he doesn't 
shove it so hard on me that I'm like, all right, you know, I, but it's not to say it's not his convictions. The people who utilize the Bible as a weapon are the people who make the Bible unappealing. And the Christians who do that crap are generally hypocrites in and of themselves, especially because the Bible teaches them not to judge, to be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly love children, live a life of love. And it's like, and you can't be loving to somebody when you go, ha ha, you're going to hell. Yeah. Right. Uh, the only reason I'm doing this is so I don't go to hell. Well, then you're in trouble because <laughs> the Bible says that God knows your heart. And if you're going to follow your Bible and the Bible says that God knows your heart and you're going to go after this, then no amount of anything that you do is going to save you because you're not saved by works. Now, your Bible does say faith without deeds is dead. So you do have to have those works. But it's a balance. So when people sit there and look, you can quietly think I'm going to go to hell all you want. Cool. Fine. I'll experience a second death there. Okay. You know. Now what? Right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, 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 that should scare you. No, because I don't believe it. Yeah. I logically, I logically don't believe it. When something goes wrong, I'm still yelling at somebody in the sky who doesn't exist in my head. But, but logically, I don't believe it. And it's like, and the reason I logically don't believe it is because of everybody around me and everybody that I've been around in it. I had enough time. I studied it. I literally know more of it than most people. Mm -hmm. I know more of the Bible than most Christians. I would argue that and probably be right because I know it not only multiple chapters and multiple verses and I know, you know, just where I'm looking for and the things that I'm looking for. But I studied the Hebrew and the Greek and Latin where it was necessary to understand the roots of, of words and phrases and understand who was being said what to and what was being said and why it was being said and whether or not it was, you know, um, reaffirmed, you know, and it's like things that are important to not be eating milk, drinking milk is supposed to be having solid food. But when you have people that are Christians that are that are outwardly, you know what? I will say this. They rank right there with vegans. Yes. Vegans can't go 15 minutes without telling somebody that they're vegan. Yeah. You know, and but most vegans don't, but those religious loud vegans ruin it for everybody. And those religious loud, you know, Christians ruin it for everybody. There that guy on the street corner. Do you think that one person went, "Wow, he's right?" No. Did you even hear a verse from that guy? No. No, he just words were many and the guy just that's all he was. It's like you sit there and you listen to those people and you go, "So why are you there?" And he was literally talking about the hypocrisy that well, I'm laughing. This guy is on the corner with a pig amp and a microphone and a battery yelling at people about how leaders are wrong and are seeking self-glorification, you know, and not humble. And, you know, they're judgmental and God is going to get them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The level of hypocrisy that shot out of your face hole, <laughs> you know, it was just so. Yeah. Christians. Are, those Christians are ruining it for everybody else because you have the same belief. Then, and I get it. If all we hear is vegans, yet you know, a couple of you, the vegan lifestyle, the vegan teacher, right? Yes. It's like no, I would literally sit in front of that woman and eat a steak and smile, and there's not a thing about it that she would do to stop me. You know, I would too. So it's like, yeah. So it's it's a small group can ruin it perception wise for a large group, you know. It's like you can say things that are unpopular. Look, I'll, I'll say something unpopular. The majority of trans men are not predators. 
but that's the problem is that the minority of them make it look bad to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's just that's where it is. I have no place to stop on this one. So <laughs> are we good? Yeah. <laughs> OK, so but with that, thank you for joining us for probably one of our more controversial <laughs> endings. We're, you know, but but this morning we talked about pizza. So definitely. <laughs> so but uh, I've been Joey and I'm Kiki. And, you know, this has been the stupid podcast on everything's afternoon dive. And we just want to remind you. That which does not kill you is trying to scream you to death. It's all good. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.